who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Center brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. I want to welcome us to a beautiful time in God's presence this morning. And this morning we have a special uh, service because we are having Q&A. Usually, uh, you know, when the pastor is preaching, ministering, you are unable to ask questions, really. Unable to. I mean, you are not supposed to in the middle of when the Holy Ghost is moving. I say, excuse me, sir. I have a question. There's just no flow <laughs> in that sense. But this morning, we want to provide uh, a forum wherein we can ask questions. Any questions that have been bothering our mind because we always have questions. I know there's the supernatural side of it wherein uh, you have a question in your heart, you come to the church, and then the pastor touches on that particular area in your mind and your, your needs are met. However, there will still be some specific questions we might have. We'd like you to drop your questions on this uh, URL, bit.ly slash shout22, bit.ly slash shout22. Drop your questions there. And then from the media, they would pick the questions one by one and put it on the screen so that we can take them. Also, I believe this link should be available on our WhatsApp page. You can go there, click on it to ask your questions. And it can be any question, any, anything about the church, about doctrines, about the Bible, about your pastor. I was saying jokingly in the first service, we ask questions, why, why are you dark in complexion? I will give you an answer. Praise God. So any question, really, especially for those who just joined the church in the last few weeks, few months, Surely you might have some questions in your heart. Alright, so this is the opportunity to engage and let us be able to provide you those answers. I think we need to go offline. This is more like family uh, meeting. Uh, Mr. Supreme, can we go offline? Alright, we can just do camera recording. Because, you know, we're talking about in-house stuff. Alright? So, I think we can set the ball rolling. Pick up this screen. Since we are going to use the screen for Q&A, make sure you note the URL. Because as we go on, that's when some of you, your questions will now come. So note this URL. bit.ly slash shout22. And in case you forget the URL, walk up to any of the pastors and they will provide you. Also, if you want to write the question down, please do. And pass it across to any of the ushers standing and they will get it across to me. You can ask all your questions either online or offline anonymously. We don't need your name on the questions. Alright, so you can be discreet as much as possible so that you can ask the exact questions you have in your heart. Alright, can we rule? Let's get it one by one. I want to believe the media is set for me, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Alright, the, the first question is Why don't we announce baptism in SGC? I'm announcing this morning Baptism is during our convention Which is January next year Praise God <laughs> Yeah, it's true It's been a while that we have had water baptism uh, But really it's supposed to be something we have From time to time So um, what we'll do Because of the logistics involved we don't have a baptismal place and all of that. We have to go use a swimming pool in town. Or we get this uh, makeshift uh, mobile swimming, whatever you call it. But we will plan ahead, all right? During our convention, our sixth anniversary, sixth year anniversary convention, the month of January 2022. If you want to clap, clap. Which one is hoops? So, we will have baptism around that time. Let's take note of that. And the assistant pastor should also take note of that time so that we can start preparing for it. Alright. Okay, so let's move on. Having cost, constant reasons to stare at ladies, particularly their behind, has been a major issue with me. But I don't think on it. How can one truly avoid these things? Um, staring at ladies is what every guy in this church has done. Whether you are born again 10 years ago or yesterday, or whether you are an angel or you are a saint, every man that has blood running in his veins, is guilty of that. Some people don't exactly stare at the behind. Let me use the language of the person as a question. They stare at the in front. But everybody, the Bible says every man is drawn away of his own lust. So every man has what he likes in ladies. It could be in the balance of the person asking question. It could be behind or in front. All right? However, um, we must discipline ourselves as children of God. It's good enough when you say you don't think on it, alright? So that's, that's, that means you are disciplined and that habit has not taken over your life. So you need to move your discipline to the next level by not staring. Okay, so we can't say you can't see. You will see. The first look is not always a sin. It is the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth or continual staring that you do that now brings you into the place of meditating on those things. And that is when sin is conceived. Alright? So, if you look at the three groups of sin, lust of the flesh, then you have lust of the eyes, then the pride of life. So, our eyes are a major gateway through which the devil and his demons seek to access our lives. It is for this reason that Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to behold another man's maid. So, if you pray to God to solve the problem, maybe you're asking God to make you blind, but God is not going to answer that question. So the onus lies on you to be disciplined and put your body, your, or your, your, your body under. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 29, the Bible says, 
if you will look at a woman lustfully in your heart, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. So God is equating, or Jesus is equating looking lustfully to actual adultery. So you could say, I've never slept with anybody, but you have slept with people with your eyes. So in the real sense of it, you are meant to discipline your eyes. So you see it the first time then, because the question is, how do I, how do I avoid? So you avoid by looking away. It's as simple as that. Do you understand what I, what, what I mean? Now, I, that's what I do. And that's how I deal with it. Say, Pastor, really? You see, see something? Oh, yeah. As long as you have these eyes. Thank you. As long as these eyes are there, there are things you are going to see, but you don't dwell on them. When you dwell on them, you will corrupt your spirit. You will corrupt your spirit. You will grieve the Holy Spirit if you are not careful. And you will now take it to the next level of conceiving a sin. So you see, the problem begins when you start to think on these things, when you meditate on them. So the first look, then just ignore or change your seat. And just, you just find a way to help yourself, especially when you are in church. Just help yourself. Sit where you can focus. Because what the devil is trying to do is to bring distraction into your life so that you don't get anything. So at the end of the day, say, ah, church was powerful today. What was it? Ah, Usha, powerful, Usha. What did you because you are majorly distracted. Now, you, you, you are sitting somewhere where there's this lady and you are constantly glancing and glancing and glancing and, oh, change your seat. Tell the usher, please. God will help you. I need to change my seat. Find me another seat. He said, but there are no other seats here. You know what? Please, you know your members. Please, let me tell somebody to come up and out. Please, I, I'm, I'm serious. Usher. The usher will help you out. Rather than sit there and, and go through affliction for about two hours of afflicting your soul, your mind, your spirit, your body with no intent of getting anything from the affliction. You know, the person you are staring out is not your wife, may not be your wife, it's not likely to be, it might even be a married person you are staring at. I mean, you, you are, that's like hurting disaster in the real sense of it. So you discipline yourself, people of God. That's what you do. That's what you do. Everybody is tempted. Everybody is trapped in the real sense of it. But you discipline yourself because if you don't, see the weaknesses you don't deal with is going to deal with you. Are you following me? So the Bible says, I put my body under. I don't allow my... Because it's your body trying to dictate to you. It's your body trying to tell you, I'm in charge here. Take a look. Look at that. Look. So you tell your body, you, you have no right. You are not going to dictate to me. I'm not taking any look. I'm not looking at that side. I want to focus. It's a personal decision, people of God. Do we understand? Now, if I answer your question, you are not satisfied, you can re-ask. I say, Pastor, I also mean, alright, but I, I believe I've done justice to this. So let's move to the next question. Okay, before I move to the next, let me read this that I have here. How do you know if God wants you to relocate or not? In this instance, there's a job opportunity, but you don't feel like going, even though uh, you, are, you have no job uh, where you... Minister Biolo, come ahead and read this. I don't want to... Where's the microphone? Can you get me the mic quickly? 
out how do you know if God wants you to relocate or not in this instance this there is a job opportunity but you don't feel like going going even though See, that's why I had problems with. you are not I would have to go you look like a sage uh, even though you are not a sage, no. Uh, even though, but you don't feel like going. Even though you are no job is. What do you do in this instance? We don't know the instance. So help us rewrite this question. Thank you. It, it's. Write slowly. You were writing so fast. Alright, next question. Media. We want to be able to answer as many as we do because I don't know when we'll do this again. Is it compulsory for a man to get married? Can he just get kids without getting married? Oh. Well, the, the way you mention kids, it looks like something you go and buy in shop, right? I mean, you just get kids. Get kids from where? From where? Alright. Um, calm down. Don't. Now, when somebody's asking question, that question is a serious issue in his heart. Eh? So calm down. Now, one of the principal reasons, alright, why God created man is for you to be fruitful. That was why the very first words that God proclaimed to humanity is be fruitful. Then he said, be, then he said multiply. Replenish the earth. And then the next thing he did was to create, uh, to make, it was to make Eve, who is now Adam's wife, and then procreation began. If you had said, I, I don't want to get married, fine, it's possible. There are people like that who are eunuchs. But you are definitely not a eunuch because you want to get kids. Now, unless you are saying you want to get kids from motherless babies' homes or orphanages, fine. But if it is to impregnate people and then make them become permanent baby mamas, that is not going to be fair. On their part, on yourself and on the children. Who is going to take care of them? you or the mother or they themselves and you know this kind of thing you are not likely to stay with one woman you are likely to have several like all those music music uh, burnout stars uh, you know they have baby mamas up and down just because they have money to fund it and to take care of them but listen to me that is not the plan of God that's not the plan of God I think the plan of God, if you truly want children, you, you love children, you want to have children, then it has to be in the context, context of marriage. You have to get married. So, I'm not going to say it's compulsory to get married, but it's ideal, scriptural, to get married if you want children. Most of the children that are born outside of wedlock... They don't turn out well unless Christ intervenes quickly. 
most of the children that have absentee fathers, their fathers are not there with them in the house, a large percentage of them end up in the prisons. A research was made and it was discovered most of them, large percentage of them, in, the, in over 90%, have absentee fathers or fathers who are not available at all. So the role a father plays in the life of a child is massive. It's massive. When, when the father is not there or is an absentee father, it's, it's, it brings a whole lot of defects and crisis into the life of the child. Even though it doesn't show early, but that's what it is. Uh, if you're a father in the house or a father-to-be, one of the greatest things you can do is to make sure you love your children and be available for them. And you shouldn't love them the way your parents loved you because most of the time that is what you do. But if there's something you, you didn't like in your parents, then don't replicate the same over your children. Children are so important. You know, as you grow old, your priorities begin to change. I'm approaching 50. I'll be 50 next year. And my priorities are changing over time. When I was in my 30s, my priority is having a good car. And I had several of them. I was changing them quickly. Those, you know, Jeep, car, you know, big car. Those are not my priorities. If I don't have car, I ride or car. I, I care less. It's not my priority right now. My priority is to move to my house. Alright? So priorities change. In your 30s, ah, you want this, you want that. You must have Apple laptop. And da, 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 da. In your 40s, your priorities will also change. If you don't want to change it, your children will change it for you because you need to send them to very good schools. And uh, schools that are cheap are on strike, so you need to pay for them. So in your 40s, it's more or less like you are working to take care of your children, literally. When they are in primary school, you don't know anything yet. Secondary, university, uh that's when you know you have children. And that's why it's also good for you to stay with two or three at the most. Anything four or five, make sure you have a school bus. You understand? Or if you don't want to run a community group in your home, two or three, they are okay. Are you following me? Alright, so priorities will change over time. It's good to have children and take care of them. And have the number of children you can take care of. Are you following me? Don't, don't do this kind of thing. It's not good. And that's not God's plan for you. God bless you. Alright. Sir, what is that one thing that will reveal that one is called of God into the fivefold ministry? That one thing is you. You are the one. You will know. Nobody needs to convince you. From deep down, you will know. There is hardly any other thing you can do and your mind will be at rest. Your, your mind will be at rest. I tell people, if you are able to do a secular job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe you are not likely called to fivefold ministry. If you are, you won't be able to stay for that long. Something will move you out. You will be unsettled. You will have no peace. If you can stay with your job or business two, three, four, five years, maybe you are not called to fivefold. But you know, in every sense, everybody is called. I hope you know that. Romans 12, everybody is called. All of us have callings, but not everybody is called to the fivefold ministry. And you don't need to really trouble yourself that much. Am I called? Am I not called? You will know. It's not, it's, you will just know. You don't need to fast. That God, am I called? Or am I not? Mm-mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? What we're saying there? You don't need to bother yourself. If you are called, you will know. If you are not, you will also know. However, there are some people who run away from their call. But the call refused to run away from them. So several years after, they will be arrested. 
I know a guy when I was on campus, very anointed guy when we were on campus. You know, grace is perceivable. If I see somebody who is called, I can almost know. I don't tell people because I can't call you to ministry, but I'll know how oh, this person is called. All right? So hey, we, we know this guy is called. All right? It was a. F- okay, don't let me say this. Uh, but he, he, he was a force to do a lot of things while we were on campus. Bring some revelations. I mean, when, when it, was, it was. Oh, I can't see this. Alright. But, you know, he was called. Got out of school and refused to respond to God's call. Went into business. Got married to somebody very wealthy. Got a good job. Everything was looking beautiful. A few weeks after he left school, when he came back, a few weeks after, after, came back to school in a brand new car with Abada, you know, to come and preach one of the fellows. Now, man of God established, but he still did not follow that call. He refused. He went after money. I saw him about 18 years after. I mean, he, he was so wealthy that, um, was staying in US at the time, UK. I mean, it was just all over the place. And he opened his mouth and told me. He said, everything I tried, it came down. In his words, he said, And I told him, go back to your last point of obedience. Go back to your campus days. The instructions won't give you. That's where you pick it up from. If God has called you, you can't escape it. You can run around for a while, but everything you do will come down. It's not a cause. Nobody struggles with God. Everything will come tumbling down. You will know yourself that, no, there is no point. So, if you are called, please, just step into it. I mean, when I, God told me about being called to ministry, I, I simply obeyed. I wanted to follow God, but... You know, I was called, and my first point of assignment was Ogun State University. I was pastoring students, young students, not more than 20, 25 at the time. And then the school went on strike. You know, when you are preaching, even if you don't have money, as long as you are preaching, you are, you are sharp ministering, you are, everything is rolling. Now there is nobody to preach to. Everybody went home. I spent Christmas alone. And it wasn't a small strike. It was those eight months, nine months kind of strike. We used to call it stroke then. But past tense of strike is stroke. Say this one is no strike. So everybody has gone. There was nobody around. So I told myself, I said, I have certificate. I graduated. Good grades. I said, it won't be a sin to go and walk while the strike continues. But in my heart, I wanted to escape permanently. So I went to Lagos, went to my cousin's place started writing application letters and while I was writing somebody was telling me you know you have I said but there is no job will I die of hunger in a place so a particular school asked me to come and teach geography in their school I mean there was over 10,000 sorry over 1,000 applications and they were looking for 10 people and I was part of those 10 so it was looking beautiful on the day I was going to go and resume. Are you following me? I slept a day before. And I saw myself in a vision. And in that vision, I dressed up. I was wearing my suit. I was going to go and you know, resume. 
saw myself alive from both, got to the junction. That particular school is, is in a close. So I was just about to negotiate that close and then walk up to the school. As soon as I negotiated that close, I just saw three big, wild-looking dogs in front of me. Bravo was small. I'm talking of hefty-looking, like lions. And they were growling. And the way they, they, they spread themselves, it was, you can't pass. So, I waited. I, ah, she, you wish I go after a while, you allow me to pass. While I was waiting, they just came for my knees in that dream. The three of them attacked me at the same time and they went for my knees. And I woke up, sweating. And I took my Bible, not iPad, Bible. And I opened it. And my eyes were, as, as in, you know when you take a Bible and just open, randomly. But when I, when I have a very scary revelation in those days, I go and read my Bible. I just opened the Bible, and my eyes were riveted to a particular verse that says, Beware of dogs. So, I woke, I said, Lord, what are you saying? And God said, If you do that thing, Dogs are going to come for you. Dogs represent unbelievers. They represent the world. Those who don't have God. And said, so dogs are going to come for you and they will immobilize you. That was, that was the word God used. So I knew what God was saying. So I attempted to walk, but I couldn't. So I had to pack my bag and come back. And shortly after, the strike was off. So for me, I knew it was a vital call. Hey, why will it be a vital call? Why would God treat me like that? What's the reason? It's you people. You people here. You are the reason. You are the reason that God said. You are the people God had in mind. If I didn't obey the call, think about it. You won't be here today. Maybe you'll be in some other church. But definitely not in this setting. With this same group of people seated here. Never. That's how strong your call can be. It's going to affect other people's life. People that are supposed to eat from the experience and the grace of God upon your life. You will fence them away simply because... You refuse to obey. So I think if you have the call of God, you will know. And if you know, just simply obey. Praise God. Do we still have more questions? That's all. This is the last one. We still have more. Okay. I'm trying so hard to balance my social life and my spiritual life. Is it possible? Oh, very possible. Make your, your, the, the most important part of your life is your spiritual life. You don't try to arrange all this other life and then try to put God somewhere in the middle. No. You focus on God first and then arrange other things around it. If God is your focus and His Word is your priority, the instructions from the Word will regulate your boundaries in those other areas of your life. For example, Social life. Somebody invites me to poolside night party. And I know they are going to party, dance. There's going to be drinks, probably smoke. And somehow I know I'm not supposed to do that as, as a child of God. So how do I balance this area of my life such that there's no confusion as to it? What does God say? That is my priority. That is my final place, my, my stopping point. 
If God says I can't do this, then I can't do this. So right away, it balances your social life. So that's what you do. Praise God. Okay. All right. So he said they have about 25 questions. So they're asking me to move faster. All right. Why is it that the church doesn't take Holy Communion frequently? Um, yeah, we, we take Holy Communion once in a month. Um, some, now let, let me just tell you this. Sometimes it is the members that are not here regularly. Maybe on the day we take Communion is the day you don't come. You know, our church is very mobile and I'm praying for serious establishment. Because we keep on seeing new set of people every other Sunday. You see this group, then they will go. Then two, you see another group. If all of our members were to be here, seated at one, we should be close to 500. I'm not kidding. But you see different kind of people every other Sunday and all of that. So uh, maybe what we should do now, because we don't have a specific Sunday. Well, let's just do it right now while I'm here. Well, we do it. So we can't pick four Sundays because of... Uh, it's Thanksgiving. It will be two. So let's just say third Sundays. We'll do it. Third Sundays. Assistant pastor, you take note of that. Third Sundays. Which Sunday did we take it before? Second. Eh? Let's do it this way. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Second Sundays. Alright? And then let's do last Wednesdays. Second Sunday, last Wednesdays. So that will be twice a month. Okay? Alright, next question please. What is the right age to get married as a man, as a woman? Well, there, there's no, I'll need my handkerchief. Please. There's no specific age as it were, but we all know that by the time you are gone into 28, 29, 30, there will be pressures from society, from parents, from friends and all of that. But this is what I usually say. Um, you don't want to start paying school fees in your late 50s. You don't want to start doing school runs eh, in early 60s. But by the time you are, huh, by the time you are 55, 60, all your kids will be out of the university. But if you don't marry early, eh, you will do school rooms. Do you understand? So, there is a good advantage for you. Be, when you are 25, start considering settling down. 25 and above. For ladies, you can marry when you are younger, 23, 24. Once you are done with school, masters, what else? Go and get married. I mean, masters, missus. Alright? Um, I don't subscribe to late marriages. You understand? And most of the time, the person you will marry is around you. But when you look at everybody and say, there's nobody in that church. Where are they? They don't exist. Ladies say that, guys say that. Guys will tell you there's, uh, there's nobody in our church. I mean, I went to preach in a particular church. They should be close to 500. They ask me a question, Pastor, why is it that ladies and guys, they don't appreciate their fellow brothers and sisters in church? I say it's everywhere. The same thing in my church. Ladies say, ah, there's nobody here. 
You go to another church, they will tell you the same thing. Now, there's nobody here. Uh, so where are they? And God is not out of confusion. Are you following me? And I've done this for quite some a few people. It's not something I do every time, but I've done it for a few people. She would do it for She will buy it. Now I'm not gonna ask help you to propose. I'm not gonna help you to fall in love. But I can help you if you are not seeing where. Because I'm your pastor, there are a lot of things I will know. I will just know supernaturally. But I'm not a matchmaker. Uh, so that you now get married and you have some little issues yeah, and it's pastor. I never wanted to marry you in the first place. You are not my kind. If not for pastor. So that kind of thing will never happen. But I can tell you, okay, hope you are not blind. Did you see that sister there? Shine your eye well. Alright? And I've done that for a few people. But I can't do it for everybody. But I've done that for a few people. If I know one or two people are supposed to marry, I'll call the guy and say, show him on Open your eyes very well. What you are looking for is around you. Shine your eyes. Where, 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 where? Are you following me here? And um, because God is not out of confusion. God will place you in an environment and in that environment, the person who is likely to be your spouse will be there. Either in church or workplace or somehow. Don't stop dreaming somebody is going to come from Japan and, and propose to you. Chan, you, 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 chan, and then take you to Japan. It, it's not likely going to work. Especially in these days of COVID. It's not likely going to work. If a Chinese man stops you on the road, you won't stop. You won't stop. Who go and be eating frog and lizard? You won't stop. So, open your eyes and stop unnecessary forming. Let me see anointed brothers around you, but they did this one, they did this one. But you see, because you are concluding their destiny by their present situation. The Bible says concerning that woman, it told her husband, he said, I perceive that this is a man of God. Let's make a bed. Let's provide food for this man. Every woman should be able to perceive that even, even though this guy looks like somebody who is lost, I perceive there is some glory about his life. And then somebody asks you and say, you? Look at you. Your mates are in, are, in, are in OJ market. And ladies, you don't need to wash anybody down. Because you don't know who you are going to need in the future. Obba Sonjo, when he was in primary school, it's not likely to look fine. Not likely. And yet, he was going to be your president twice. Twice, oh. You might not like the English of Wari. Uh, He's your president twice. Twice. So don't despise people. You don't even know the person sitting beside you. You don't know where that person is. Whether you're going to need them in the future. Uh, you just come and sit down. You didn't even ask for his name. You never know. Because some of the people you will need in the nearest future or who might need you are the people around you now. 
But when you have despised them, how will you even be able to approach anybody? And let me tell you, this life, eh, you must have favor with God and favor with man. They say, I don't need any man. I don't need any man. I only need God. Yes, God will be available. Everything spiritual will be available. You will have the Holy Spirit, the anointing and everything. But with man, nothing's going to work. You be favor with God. And fa- they ask me to be fast. So what's the next question? What's the right... No, I've answered this one. How do you get rid of friendships that are not beneficial without hurting the other person? Ah, it, it's a decision you have to make. When you consider what you are going to lose by not taking that decision, it will fire you and give you enough energy to take the decision. Are you following me? Friendship is never by force. It's by choice. If someone is not adding to you, that person is taken away from you. So, you, you don't have to close the door in a very harsh way or bang it. You can close it softly. You can just gently move on. By the time the person used to call each other four or five times a week, by the time you reduce it to two and once, the person will get, he will get the, the drift. Alright? So, but, but don't, you, you don't need to hurt anybody, but you can drop your commitment to that relationship gradually because you need certain decisions to make. When I gave my life to Jesus, or when I rededicated my life to Jesus, I had to drop all my friends. It was painful, but I had to. I had to stop talking to them because they were poisoning me. They are not helping me at all. Praise God. Alright, let's move on. Sir, what can I do as a guy to get ladies to look at me? I can't seem to get their attention. Um, it is now calm down. Listen to me, people. It might just be the person meant for you is not among them yet. The day you cross paths with your future wife, you will get all the attention. Don't stress yourself. And when you say attention, how do you mean? Because we don't know the level of attention you are talking about. You see, just attention like just notice you, greet you, or attention like offer sex. That's way out. But if it's just that, they don't even look at my side as if I exist. Calm down. It's the same with me. Nobody notices me when I was growing up. I don't exist. It might even be God's way of preserving your life. Maybe you won't be able to handle it if you're a ladies' man. Maybe you're going to ruin your destiny if you have too many ladies. If I was a ladies' person and ladies are all around me, I tell you, I, I won't be a pastor. They will successfully kill me. I mean, I'm, telling, I'm confessing to you right now. They will successfully end my life. So the only way God protected me eh, was that nobody was even looking my way. And I was good enough. I was, I was okay. Alright? My wife was the first person I asked out. First person ever. So, just calm down. Don't trouble yourself. If you think you are not handsome, just leave all that part. There is nobody that is not handsome. There is nobody that is not beautiful. Everybody is handsome. Everybody is beautiful. Because beauty is in the beholder's eye. Some people will have people who are clean shaved. Some people, it must be mangrove forest. One man's food is another man's poison. Just make sure you do for your wife or your future wife what she wants. You see, 
you should have forest, keep forest. If you say you should shave, go and shave. So that your wife will not go and be looking at forest. Do whatever your spouse wants to. Are you with me? So, everybody is beautiful. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you know that scripture? Alright. So, you'll be fearful to some, you'll be beautiful, wonderful to others. You won't be wonderful to everybody. Somebody says you are ugly, just smile. I'm fearful to you. I'm fulfilling scripture. When you meet your spouse, you will be wonderful to your spouse. Do you get that? So, in effect, everybody's beautiful. Come on, celebrate yourself. Everybody's beautiful. Somebody says, uh, I'm the only one that is handsome. I have six pack. Uh, Lee, look. With your six pack, make sure you have money. Well, somebody does not have six pack, but he has money. He has a over you with girls. Girls are no longer interested in six pack alone. You have six pack. Do you also have six figures? Are you following me? Ladies, am I saying the truth? So, and then six pack will become amusement park over time. You see Mike Tyson, he had six pack. When he came back, everything is amusement park. He, those things don't last. So when you're in your 30s, early 40s, enjoy it, but after a while, you have no choice. Are you following me? Especially if you like food. You don't do exercise. You eat late. Uh, welcome to the club. All right. Next question, please. When fasting, what is the most acceptable time of the day to break the fast? Any time from 2. It's not in the scripture that you break your fast by 6 p.m. We're the one that said that. But for the fast to have its course and fulfill its purpose, maybe any time from 2, 3 p.m. And let me use the opportunity to tell us that as a church, we are fasting in the month of September. Can we put hands together for Jesus? If you have never fasted before, this is your opportunity to do so. God spoke to me a few days back that there are lots of blessings, open doors, job opportunities, financial advancement and increase that are locked up, suspended, because there is no strength to bring forth. So it's a day of rebuke. It's a day of trouble. It's a day of blasphemy. Because at the point of birth, the children cannot come forth because there is no strength. So this fast is to make strength available so that we can birth the greatness that God has in mind for us as a church and as individuals. Are you following me? That house you have not built, that car you have not bought, that business you have not started. It's always there as a pregnancy. You can feel it. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. I want to do that. But somehow at the point of doing it, one thing or the other. Either the finances are not enough or the timing is not right or the land you need is not there or the shop you need to take is not there. You have that greatness on your inside. That thing is kicking. The baby is kicking all the time. You know I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. And God spoke to me that not only the church is in that position, but several of our members are there that we should wait upon him. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So in the month of September, we are going to be fasting. 6 p.m., we'll come together to pray every day. I don't know for how long. It might extend beyond September, but September 1st, we're going to start. And we'll break our fast together by 6 p.m. 
but you can break your fast from 2, 3 p.m. so that you have strength to pray. Praise God. All right, let's move on. I've got complaints from several ladies that I don't notice their green light towards me. I don't know if there is something wrong with my reasoning. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not gay, though. Please. All right. Um, I think, uh, well, it depends on your age bracket. I think you should just generally calm down. All right. For example, this kind of uh, complaints can come from ladies if you are, in quotes, a fine guy, a fine-looking person. Ladies will be giving you green light, but that green light does not really mean anything. As in, I can download an app that can shine green light on my phone. It doesn't really mean anything. And I'll tell you why. Ladies crush a lot. All ladies. With the exception of none. They crush a lot. I see they see this person and they crush on that person. It's not really love. It's not really commitment. But at that moment, they feel like walking away with that person. Of which, a month after, they will ask themselves, what, what did I even see in this guy? So if you are a fine guy, in quotes, or you make ladies laugh, ladies love people that make them laugh, that make them laugh a lot. Ladies just like those kind of men. Or somebody who looks like uh, uh, can provide security, those kind of, that's who ladies gravitate. Or somebody who can talk, because women are moved by words. So if you, if you fall into that frame, a lot of ladies might like you. But you can't marry all of them. So what I'm going to say for you is that when you get to the point where you meet the right person in marriage, depending on your age, you will know. So don't put yourself under unnecessary stress. Because how many of them are you going to respond to their green lights? That's it. If many ladies are telling you, that, mean, that means green lights are screaming at you from different directions. How many are you going to respond to? So I think it's even better for you to not notice. Praise God. Yeah, next question, please. How do you know if you are to relocate? We've answered this. Okay, that's the other one. How do you know if you are to relocate or not? In this situation, in this situation, you have a job opportunity someplace, but you don't feel like it. However, in your current location, no job is certain. How do I go about it? Well, I, I believe so strongly that the reason to relocate is not because a need is going to be met but you have to follow your heart if you don't feel like relocating you have to identify what is behind that reason is it fair or is it because I'm being led not to go if you are being led not to go stay God has a plan and you soon get a job or business or whatever it is if it is fair then you need to conquer your fear and go there so, summary of it all, you have this kind of situation, sit down, pray, and talk to God. If it's fair, the fair will be dealt with and you will relocate. If it's not fair, the other will happen. Praise God. Alright. Next question. How can I deal in an environment of strong work politics as a Christian? Uh, play along. But don't hurt anybody. Don't play any... Don't do anything... Don't do anything anti-Christian. 
but just play along so that you won't be marked out. But you cannot do anything that negates your conscience. The reality is that everywhere there are people, there are politics. Are you following? In the church here, there is politics. Even though it's not encouraged. And I'm killing it every moment I see it, I kill it. Because it's not good. If I allow politics in this church, ah, so we'll have political groups, we'll have we'll have AFP. That's Abiodun Fatokumbo Party. We will have SOP, Sylvester Onukwe Party. We will have JOP, John Oluwawalebi Party. And then you have several parties. And then the ladies have their own parties. But we don't encourage it. Because it's not good. But anywhere you find people, you will, you will always find people gravitating towards some others. It's just natural. This is my person. That's my person. It's good. But make everybody your people. Alright? Don't... That we, we, we try to discountenance, caucus, groups. We don't want it. Because it's not healthy for growth. Alright. Let's go on. Should this be called masturbation? When I'm lonely, I do feel like having a porn view. Sometimes I ignore. But at the course of viewing, I don't last up to a minute of viewing. Two, I don't get rocky or get sexual aroused, but the body never stops until I view. How can I deal with this totally? Well, it's not masturbation, but it's pornography. It's pornography. Whether it's one minute or 30 seconds or 40 seconds, the moment something pulls you and you are not in control and you have to respond to it, that is already pornography that is in the play. So you train your spirit by refusing to even view. Because if you don't, like what I shared on Wednesday, was it last Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago? Two Wednesdays ago, um, I can't go into details now, but I sufficiently explained what sex addiction is. And there are a lot of people who are not sleeping around, but they have sex addiction. I, I went into... Okay, remind me. Let me let me do this. Next Sunday, second service, I will, I will talk on this area because it's extensive. If I enter into this, this will be the last question. So next Sunday, I will... I promise, you should remind me, please. I will, I will go through the teaching on sex addiction and how to have, uh, overcome pornography, masturbation, because all those things, they are just stealing away our essence in God. Our productivity in God have been affected when we do this. Do we understand? Alright, let's go to the next question please. Which location do we plan to have our permanent site? Well, um, as regards the location, really, we don't have a specific place, but we're looking out and trusting God. We're looking out, trusting God. We can get um, a few plots, Two, three, four, five plots, six plots, one acre, two acres. We're trusting God because in the next five years, we have a five year goal to be on our own land and build our cathedral. cathedral. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? 
There's need to do that. And I will explain to you why we need to do that. So we list this land. We list it for 1.5 million per annum. And that's quite a lot. So think about if we are putting that money into our property. Okay? It's been five years, meaning that we spent about 7.5, right? About 7.5 million on a land that does not belong to us. So I started thinking it's wise for us to start looking for a land. Even though we don't have the money on ground. No, let me speak for you. We have the money around in Jesus' name. All right. But we, the first step is to look for a land. So we're looking around. Around here. Anywhere around. If you, if you see any land around that can fit into that purpose, please let us know. It can even be two, three plots to start with. You know, you know the way it works. After we build them, we buy the house near us. We buy them. buy them. Until we buy the old street. So we can start with two or three plots. But I don't want far away like somewhere inside Munia where there are two houses and three goods that are working. I'm not that kind of pastor, really. I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not late. But I'm sure there are a lot of people who are called here. We can send them. We can send them to... <laughs> but it has to be around, really. The kind of... Um, no, it has to be around. Not... Unless God says we should go into the bush like that uh, Dadebui and... Uh, that's another level entirely. So, uh, I don't know the location, but maybe around around this vicinity. may not be around. But anywhere you see land, irrespective of the cost, just let us know. That's the first thing. Find the land. In fact, I'm trusting God as we begin to fast. Things are going to open up for us. Really, really fast. Our five-year goal can become one-year goal. When we started church in 2016, it was just one, place, one small place facing the road. I never knew that same year or same year would move into this place. It was very fast. The money came in in the millions. It was very fast and God helped us. And the same God that helped us will help us this time around in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. Which marriage is compulsory to do? Is it church wedding, traditional accord to be able to cut cost? And what are the steps to follow? Please explain. Well, you can do all the three and cost your cost. Really. Uh, now, the significance of court marriage is because that is what is recognized in Nigeria. That certificate from court. If you are going to travel, that's what they will ask for. Not even church certificate. That court is very important. That's the importance of that one. The church blessing of marriage is important because of the blessing. Because you need that blessing upon your marriage. Traditional is important because that is what our society, our cultural heritage, and your family, both families, recognize. So, court marriage, you are satisfying Nigeria. Church marriage, you are satisfying God. Traditional marriage, you are satisfying your parents and your culture. So, the three are, are important in the real sense of it. If you are saying, I just want to do one, then go for court and then come to church on Sunday and get blessed. That's why I said you can minimize the cost. You don't have to do an elaborate wedding. Honestly. Let me tell you something. If you are planning to wed, either you are single or you are married, uh, minimize cost on your wedding day. I'm just advising you. 
You know why? The wedding day is for parents. The marriage is for you. Wedding day is none of your business. Most of the crowd, they are the crowd of your parents. Sit down with your parents and tell them, Daddy, Mommy, please, can we cut this huge, humongous amount into two and help us, let's start business with half of it? Because people will come and they will go. Then go chop jollof rice. They will go. Then it will be left with you and your spouse to start believing God. And the after wedding, you need a lot of money to start up. I'm telling you the truth. Talk to your parents. Because it's usually daddy and mommy that want crowd. Ah! After all said and done, the crowd will not follow you. Are you following me? Most of the wedding gifts in terms of money to your parents is not to you. Your friends who are supposed to give you money, they don't understand that culture yet. It's for them to come and eat jollof rice and take picture with you. How many of you here go to wedding and give your friends money? But that's what you're supposed to do in the real sense of it. You're supposed to give your friends money. 10k, 15k, 20k. That's what you're supposed to do. But our generation does not understand. Our parents, they understand it. And that's why they want to really far because they've given money to so many people and they must collect their own back. So, I would say all the young people getting married or soon to get married, borrow yourself sense Save money. Are you following me? Are you following me? If I knew this, if I knew this before I get wedded, I wouldn't do any elaborate wedding. I would insist. I'll say that if you really have money to spend, bring that money. Use it to establish business. Or open an account for our babies. Use it to open an account. We won't, we won't touch it. But we used to pay their school fees in primary school. Talk to your parents. And if they insist that they must spend the money, say that they good. But the equivalent of what you spend, half of it, you are giving us. So we know you really have money. Then it's settled. But to not give you anything, no support, and yet they are spending 25 million, it's not wise. If they said, don't worry, don't worry, is it money to say, no, 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 we already have a plan to give you 2.5 million. Ah, daddy, but to not give you anything, you will sit down and cry on their neck. That's it, oh. That's it. Are you following me? Because at the end of the day, what's going to happen? That's why I said you can minimize the cost on every level. You can minimize cost. That day is just one day. Your marriage is lifetime. Your parents spent 2.5 million on your wedding. There's no TV in your house. So even the, the video they recorded for you that is your video thing, you cannot watch it. You go and put it somewhere and say we are trusting God to buy our television by Kinikon. No, I'm telling you. Joshua, you are hearing me now. It's two people that want to get married. Come, don't spend too much. I know we don't, we don't do that in this church. We always counsel our people. They know. There is no need. There is no need to overspend and overspend and overspend. Because you need a lot of things. When you are just starting out. 
you need a whole lot of things. I'm, tr- I'm telling you, you are. You don't have an idea of what you need. You have not bought pots. You have not, <laughs> you have not bought pots. And the pot they used to cook on your wedding day. Eh? But in your house, no pot yet. You have that mind. What, what are we eating? I've bought uh, obnops, biscuits, juice. For how long? Okay. Washing machine you will need. Because women of this generation, they will fish nails. How would they wash clothes? Those nails cannot enter water. And you cannot tell her to go and cut it. All you traditional men, don't go and do that for your wife. Oh. I say, cut me! I'm not funny. <laughs> oh God, go and buy washing machine. Did you hear me? Face a man around you there. Face a man. and said, washing machine. Be telling him, one by one, washing machine. Gas cooker. Stove bagu, stove bagu. Are you on the stove more? See all the ladies, see all the ladies. You ladies, you ladies, don't go into your husband's house empty and dead. I mean, you are, you are going to your house, it's only spoon, Lokosi bag, bagu. Why? You have a few things, a few kitchen utensils. Leave your husband to buy the big stuff, but the small, small thing, be plating, can can. Oh yeah, one dozen plate. Uh, you and your husband, you sit down and divide the thing now. Not that you tell your husband, you know, I'm not working. Ah, uh-uh. is it now your husband that is working? <laughs> so it's both ways. Praise God. But all men in the house, make sure you take care of your wife. When I got married, there was no washing machine because I don't even know washing machine exists to buy. Where we even buy it from? It's not the days of Jumia, all those things. You got. I did not even think, okay, so you can buy washing machine. So what do we do on Saturdays? We bring clothes out and we wash together. And I do the major part of the washing. My wife would just be rinsing. Me and I wash. That's how to be a good husband. And in the first few years of our marriage, like up to six, seven years, I used to go to the market for my wife. Buy pepper, buy this, buy that. But now I'm not late. The spirit is not leading me again. How shall it be hard? I have enough daughters. I have enough daughters in the house that I can call from with the phone call away. Please, 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 come help us get stuff. So, I mean, if I did say I'm going to market, then I've not done anything. I've not done ministry. That I still have to go to market. I want to print something more. I still have to carry plates myself. No, 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 no. No, no. So, so, we have to start chopping the things once more now. Praise God. So, every man in the house, you, you, t- you provide that support for your wife. Are you following me? And then you set a goal to buy a car as quickly as you can. If you buy it before your wedding, that's the kind of uh, guys ladies are looking for. But you will never find all men in that category. Some of them, you are the one that will now 
get married and pray, oh God, give my husband a car, oh God. It's your prayer that he's waiting for. Are you following? And any wife that's not praying for her husband, that one is not a wife. Oh. Your major assignment is that man. Because God hears the prayers of women. You go on your knees. Lord, this man must make it. That's why Mama Dejiwa made a, a, a statement that people, you know, found controversial. That if your husband is not making it, you should be blamed. Of course, literally speaking, you should not be blamed. You are not the one responsible. He's the head of the house. But he's talking from the, from the part of you supporting with prayer. Support with your prayer. Say, we are going to do this. You don't even need to call him to prayer. But some, some women, if you say, they are less pray. Oh, they are eh, they pray, they pray. Stop waiting for your husband. You pray. Are you following me? Say, they are, if you do not, if you do not join us in morning devotional, we will not do it in hell. No, you do it. They will soon join. Are you following me? Every woman that is married must be praying for her husband. Very important. Alright, let's go to the next one. What's my time? Let me see. Wow! Our time is as in, this is 10.59. What do we do? We should close? Or we should take a few minutes more? No, we are all going to decide. How many minutes can we take more? Can we take 20 minutes more? Alright. 20 minutes more and we'll close. In fact, we'll close in 12 minutes time so that we can take, we can do the other thing. What, can you set, set the timer for me please? Countdown of, countdown of 14 minutes. What is your take on watching Big Brother Niger once a while? I know it's not a sin, but I would just like to have your take on this. Who told you it's not a sin? <laughs> well, technically speaking, it is not a sin, but it's not really going to help you. It's just like saying, uh, taking rat poison and using it to cook your food. It's not a sin, but it would land you in hospital, if not death. So, the scripture says everything is lawful, but not everything is expedient. Are you following me? It's not going to help you. You say, eh, but it's okay. Would you like your children to watch that? You don't even know the time they'll be showing sex, part, and all. It's, it's a terrible generation attack. Just avoid it. Stay away. It will dirty your spirit at the end of the day. That's just it. So I don't watch it and, and I'm not interested, really. My big brother is in heaven. That's Jesus Christ. So when I want to watch big brother, I go into the scripture. The Bible says we are, we are co-heirs. Meaning that it's our senior brother. Sir, in addition to seeking the favor of God, what do you say to seeking the favor of your man of God? Ah, I don't understand this question. Seek the favor of your man of God. Why would you seek the favor of your man of God? Can anybody help me to rephrase what this person is trying to say? I'm not sure I got the question. Why do you need to seek the favor of your man of God? 
in the real sense of it? Or is this the person trying to say something else? Having a good relationship with your pastor, okay. If that is if that is what, what you are saying, let me show you a scripture quickly that will answer that. I'm watching my time, twelve minutes more. Find that scripture for me quickly. He had favor with God and with man. Luke chapter 2 verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. Alright? Now, when it now comes to having a good relationship with your man of God, it is the degree to which you have an open mind that is devoid of offense or hurt or bitterness. It is the degree to which you will be able to experience the grace of God upon that man. Okay? So, God is in heaven and you have favor with him. But here on earth, God says, I want somebody to stand as my representative. And that is man of God. I'm standing here bringing the word of the Lord to you. Because God himself will not come here. If he tries to come himself by himself, a lot of people will pass out. So, a man of God that has a measure of that same anointing, that glory, that presence to come. So, the Bible says he gave gifts unto men. Talking about pastors, prophets, apostles, and all of that. So, you as a church member, you are supposed to uh, maximize the gift that God has given you by maintaining a good relationship. Number one, you pray for your pastor. Your pastor is constantly praying for you. We do all that all of the time. We still did that Saturday night. Every Saturday night we come together, myself and the assistant pastor, and we just pray for all members of Shadow Grace Center. So you as a member, you pray. When you do that and you come to church, there will be a heart-to-heart connection. Even if somebody says, I didn't get anything, you will get something because you are connected on a higher end, which is in the, in the spirit realm. Spiritually, something has been deposited. And because deep calls unto deep, something will click for you. A, a word from the Lord will come. So you pray for your pastor. Number two, you don't speak ill of your pastor. If anybody speaks ill of your pastor, you don't listen. You disabuse it and you just move away. You don't listen to such things. Number three, you give to your pastor. Because the Bible says, uh, elders who do the work of the Lord are worthy of double honor. And then another scripture says, it is proper to communicate out of your good things to those who are teaching you. Even if somebody is not your pastor and somebody is teaching you consistently over the years, it's not your pastor, but it's just somebody, maybe like your landlord, for example, somebody, and that person is teaching you, it's in order to give back to that person because he's depositing something into your life. So what is depositing into your life will only become effective to the degree to which you are able to honor it and value it. And value is communicated when substance parts from you. Value is not communicated by prostrating up and down. Say, well done, sir. All right, sir. No. It's your substance. Money. And that's where offering is significant. When you give to God, you are given a portion of your life to God in offering, in tithe. That's where the blessing comes. So you also 
on a monthly basis because if you are not regular about it you won't be consistent on a monthly basis no matter how sick you think it's small you communicate something back to your pastor as you pay your tithe pay your offering pay yourself do your shopping buy your credit do something for your pastor it's healthy that's maintaining a good relationship with your pastor and that is also bringing the blessing of God over your life now I'm the pastor of the church so who do I give to do I give to myself no I give to people who are above me as pastors. One of them is Bishop Adelapo. I'm not online so I can say this. Bishop Adelapo. Every month, a bag of rice. Whether I've bought food stuff into my house or not, I take a bag of rice to his office. I drop it. I don't even have to see him sometimes. I just drop it. And by virtue of that, I cannot lack food in my house. It is not possible. They'll get to a point I can't eat or there's no food. It won't happen. Why? Because I'm honoring my pastor. And all of you have to grow. It's okay if you don't know it or you don't do it when you start out. But as you grow older, ah, there are some things you have to do. Just like you give back to your parents. It's in order to do that. And I'm teaching you as members of Shadow Grace Center, honor your parents. It doesn't mean whether they have or they don't have. Honor your parents so that it will be well with you and your days will be long. That's the scripture. Honor uh, how did you put it? Believe in the Lord thy God, believe in your prophets, and it will be well with you. So, honor to your pastor helps you to bring the favor of God. That favor that you have with God helps you to bring it into physical reality. I've been in some tight spot before that all I needed to do was not pray, but to go and sow a seed to my, to my pastor. And that was all. That was all I needed to do. You hear somebody giving testimony of people giving them things. She didn't say anything. No. People gave them all kinds of things. Including somebody who just go and say, take food stuff. But they're just giving them. But you know one of the things they do, apart from honoring me as their pastor, one of the things they do, I didn't tell them to do is their decision, is that they pay 20% of tithes. Every month. 20%. That's what they pay. Their income, 20% of tithes. There is no way the heavens won't open. So see, there are things you do. As I say, I'm a Christian, I pray. God does not answer my prayer. It's not just being a Christian. There are things you do. Are you following me? Bishop Oyedepo, that man is blessed. He went to pray over a vessel of a member. And they gave him honorarium. Honorarium is what you give to a pastor when he prays for you. All of you that have called pastor to come and pray somewhere, and you're not giving him anything, say thank you, sir. He's wrong. And I don't say anything. I just assume maybe you've not been taught or you don't know. But you have to grow. Your call pastor, every pray. They pray. You say thank you. You go. You want that prayer to stay? Give. I mean, I'm telling you how this thing works in the realm of the spirit. Give. Package a seed. And not that you squeeze in your hand and say, Pastor, I won't take that kind of money. You put it in an envelope. Are you, like a policeman, Pastor, I will I will not collect that kind of money. Irrespective of, of the amount. No, you put it in an envelope. That's where honor is. If I be your father, where's my honor? That's what the Bible says. So, he went to pray over the vessel. And the person gave him an honorarium. Ask me how much. It was three billion. B, B, billion. Three. He said, Pastor, how do you know? Maybe it's fake. Okay. Bishop Adelakun was in that entourage that went with him. So he saw the check. 
is also bishop. But he, he said he has to take, ask them to, please, can you give me the check for five minutes? He went into the bedroom and put the check on his chest and said, God, God. Now, why is a man so blessed like that? And I'll tell you why. The wife of Archbishop Bensidalsa was trying to introduce Bishop Upstate, but she now says something. Say me to be praying for Bishop Widepo. He has been honoring me. He has been honoring me. And then he said a few things. He said he was coming back from US. And Bishop said, When you get to uh, airport, when you land in Lagos, let me know. A jet will be waiting for you to bring you to Benin. And they now said, When Archbishop Bensid Dowser died, Archbishop Bensid if you know him, he was a multi millionaire, but he gives out his money. Gives out money, doesn't hold money. When he died, he left 45,000 naira for his wife. And there was a university with professors and lecturers to pay at the end of the month. Do you know what happened? Bishop Oedipo will fly in with all the salaries of the staff, professors, lecturers, and paid for about five years, non-stop. T.T. University Shevetsongo Tell me how that man won't be blessed. That's number one. Number two, Bishop Abiri revealed that for 20-something years, Bishop Oedipo has been paying the salaries of all the teachers in a secondary school. So the school is not paying. He's the one paying. So people can scream on social media, Hey, Bishop, you don't know what he's doing. You see a man of God, he just put a new case, Ah, offering one ought to know you. You don't have an idea of the sacrifice that's been paid in seed sowing. If you want to rise in life, you have to sow seed. You pay your tithe, you give your offering, that's stage one. Stage two, you will honor your pastor. And you won't know what blessing is there until you start. So how do you do it? This is how I did it. Because when I started out, I wanted to be doing it, but I was missing. I would do it, I will not do it, I will do it. So what I did years ago, I'm talking about the 90s, is that I told myself, and I make a covenant with God, I will give so so amount to my pastor every month. And I make sure I did it. And over the years, I increased that amount. Are you following me? That's enough has kept me alive. You think it's salary from church that's kept me going? Really? No. Because my salary is 20,000 naira. That is not enough for fueling my car for one month. So, how am I surviving? How do I pay my children's school fees? I'm blessed. How am I blessed? I honor my pastors. Are you following me? There are people who called me from US that God told them that the money they just received as COVID stimulus, God told them is for me. And they are telling me, it's not for church. It's for you. Only God can do that. But there are some things that have been deposited in terms of seed on the ground. Except a corn of wheat falls down and died, abided alone. When your seed goes to the ground, the harvest will come. He said, When you cast your bread, he said, Cast your bread upon many waters. After many days, you'll find it. The problem is, after you cast it, the waiting is not pleasant. I mean, you buy a loaf of bread that is hot and sweet, cast it on well, water. What will water do to it? You will carry it away. You will be watching your bread go like this. He said, but after many days, you'll bring it. When it's bringing it back, the bread is soaked. It's heavy. It's not as it went. Is somebody following me? So you learn to sew up. If you are not doing that, 
start doing. And I'm not saying that so that you people now, uh, Pastor, uh, everyone now give one thousand. Uh, no, that's not what I'm doing. If they didn't ask this question, I'm not even go there. But I'm telling you what you are supposed to do as a church member to help you in your finances and in your business. Praise the Lord. Did I use up my time? So we close. What's the next question? Is it sin to do body surgery? Don't do it all. If it's surgery to correct an ailment, it's okay. But if it's to add bomb bomb, to add breast, leave the breast as it is. The husband that would like it as it is, whether it's at Balumo or watermelon, the husband is available. Leave it as it is. Are you following me? Leave it as it is. Which body surgery? The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Oh, all of it is surgery for Holy Ghost. Sir, is it wrong? I want to close. So, what's my time? 11.15. We are supposed to close 11.20. Okay. Sir, is it wrong for us to marry a Catholic? In marriage, must we marry someone who has the same doctrine as all sins? Marital principles are not doctrine-based. It is not wrong for you to marry a Catholic. It is not wrong for you to marry uh, Aglenka. You can marry anybody who is a born-again Christian. But if the Catholic is not born again, don't marry. Are you following me? If the Aglican is not born again, if the Pentecostal guy is not born again, don't marry. So the, the baseline is, is he born again? All right. And if you marry a Catholic, start convincing the Catholic small by small. Now, okay, she after marriage, she will go to Pentecostal church. Because you live all your life in Pentecostal church where you are fired up, you have a lot of fire. And then you now marry where you'll be counting rosary. It won't help you. It's like your spiritual life just went down. And you'll be unfulfilled. You'll not be happy. Alright? I want to get married. But I have deep-seated... Should I go on? Yes, you are the one. I'm not the one. We close on the dot of 20. I want to get married, but I have deep-seated fears in my heart, which I battle with every day. One, what if my husband changes along the line? The rate of deception is on the high side, and I'm really scared. Two, fear of childbirth. It's really scary, sir. I can't even imagine pregnancy. How do I handle this? They gave birth to you, and they imagine the pregnancy. You will imagine your own in Jesus' name. And you will give birth in Jesus' name. The other question, fear, whether your husband will change along the line. I think the, the thing is just to trust God's judgment. Because, sincerely speaking, let me tell you the truth. You don't know who will change. You don't know who will last. You don't know who is good today, who is on the way to being bad. You don't know who is bad today on his way to being good, really. So I'll just say follow God. People change over time. People hide their weaknesses and bring it out two, three years after wedding. Are you following me? There are people who are even believers, born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, and they have some bad habits. Really, really bad habits. Are you going to divorce? No. You keep on praying only. Trusting God for help. There is a downside in every marriage. That downside, you don't know, and I don't know. But follow God. If you follow God, the grace of God will be sufficient to handle whatever downside. But that you have a perfect man or a perfect woman, never. 
there will be something that is a prayer point in your husband and in your wife. There will be something. That person won't be perfect. That's why you hardly find a pastor who can preach, can sing, can dance, have a beautiful wife, everything. No, there will be one downside. I don't there shall be one downside that require prayer point. The day there is no prayer point, everything is perfect. You don't need God, but you always need God. So just trust God. How do I stop getting attracted to handsome guys? Ha, sir. Oh, oh, can you lie on you? Oh, the old Ah, ah, sir, I really like and admire handsome guys, so, and I pray every day that my husband should be handsome. <laughs> God will answer your prayer now. <laughs> it's not only you that likes handsome men now, everybody likes handsome men, so... Your, your likeness is okay. As long as you don't follow all handsome men you see. And you see one handsome man on the way to Bodhijan. Uh, no, 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 no. It, it's okay to love, love handsome men. And God will answer your prayer and give you a handsome man in Jesus' name. Please, sir. The way the everybody is now adding sir to pray. Is it, is it because I say you should honor your man of God? Please, sir. When one is accused of being religious and not spiritual, how can one differentiate between the two and live a spiritual life? Well, being spiritual has to do with your relation with God. Being religious has to do with the drama you play to people to show that you are spiritual. You, you want to wear your marks. You come to church and you speak Christianese. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Then you go outside and say, I'll be willing. Yeah? That's religion. That's double face, double life. Alright? One more, just one more. Daddy, how can I build a good word life? By reading and study. Read, study, meditate. I'm fascinated and excited when I hear scriptures being quoted. But each time I take my Bible to read, I get bored easily. Maybe you are reading Leviticus. Go to Matthew and John. You can't be bored. How Jesus turned water into wine. How will you be bored? Eh? All those miracles, you know, get out of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Go to Matthew and John. Praise God. Let's start on our feet. Wow. Has it been a wonderful time? If you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, I would like to present us an opportunity to do so. It is the greatest decision you will ever take in your life. If you are making that decision this morning, say after me, Lord Jesus, Come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I declare you died for my sin. You rose up on a third day. From today, I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. In Jesus' name. Congratulations if you prayed that prayer. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to God's kingdom. Please kindly leave a comment or send us a message on any of our social media handles so that we can send you the relevant materials. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Junamis and Sophia.
and power of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Shouts of Good Center, Jesus and Hope's Club, an online ministry to singles and married couples. Connect with us on Instagram at Pastor Dunamis, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shouts of Grace Center, at KC underscore global, on Facebook at KC Global, on YouTube at Dunamis Tunde. On MixLR at KHC Global. Visit our website www.kcsandhooks.com. Via our mail at kcpartners at gmail.com. To partner with us, kissesandhooks.com slash partnership. Bye.